This is episode 55 with Dr. Dave Orris. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Dr. Dave Orris is a disruptor by nature, and he's turning that tendency toward helping people most of society forget about. The outspoken general practitioner from New York City is leading the effort to provide a small but invaluable service to young survivors of human trafficking, as well as people who found the strength to put criminal past behind them so they can make a fresh start. Dr. Dave is a great example of how one person can make a huge difference in thousands of lives simply by doing what they do best. I had the chance to interview Dr. Dave after I came across his story online, and I was so excited that he agreed to be a part of American Snippets. This is a story that we never would have thought of about a segment of society that so many of us just forget exists, and it's such an important segment of society. We hope that you'll listen in to hear about what he does for these people in the unusual way and the huge difference such a small act can have. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen. Now here at American Snippets, we talk a lot about the American dream and everybody's right to pursue it and our obligation to turn around and help others do the same. This may seem kind of obvious to us and to most people, but there are a lot of subsets of society out there that don't necessarily have that opinion thrown their way. There are some people that it can be easy for the majority of society to feel don't merit that chance as much as other people do. And one of those segments of society would be people who have run into trouble with the law, uh, maybe especially if they're affiliated with gangs in any way. It can be easy to dismiss these people for what they've done in their lives and their past. But as so often is the case, people people can change. People who want to change. There are there's always exceptions to the rule. There's not everything is not a blanket case. So sometimes people make decisions to do things that they horribly regret and seek to make amends for and rebuild their lives. And these are the people that today's guest uh, targets and works with to help them find that second chance that maybe a lot of us would never think of offering. This story is fascinating to us, and we are so excited to have Dr. David Orr's here today to share the work he does that he started all on his own with his organization, Fresh Start. Hi, and thank you for joining us here today. Hi, nice. To, uh, great to be here, Barbara. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, we were so excited when we came across your story. I thought this is so unique and such a, it never crossed my mind. You know, there are, I'd like to think that I think of a lot of things. I'm inclusive of a lot of people, but this is something that just never crossed my mind. The two subsets of people that, that you work with and help. So your organization, Fresh Stars, has a history. Uh, Fresh, first, tell us what Fresh Stars is. The idea of uh, Fresh Start is what we, we, we remove tattoos for free using a laser off of the face of people who uh, were formerly incarcerated so they can get jobs. The idea is to get jobs. That we, we help the formerly incarcerated get the tattoo off their face or neck so they can um, have a better chance of getting hired at a job. So it's really, although the, it's tattoo removal with a laser and there's self-esteem involved and there's shedding my prior life and all these other surrounding emotional, spiritual issues, the real idea is to increase the odds of this person getting hired uh, to get a job. The most important thing your listeners need to understand about this whole thing is you really have to focus on the economics and the numbers. America has the most prisoners in jail of any country in the world. 
by population. We have 3 million people in prison. 85% of those are drug offenders. So they're there for no reason. That's my opinion. Um, so the, the other last thing you need to, to understand is the engine behind all of this, and it's why, it's why I did the project, is I learned that if a person gets out of jail and has a job, they have a 10% return rate, that group. So you get, you're post-incarcerated, you have a job. In two years, 10% of you will be back in jail. That's called recidivism, fancy word. It is. If they don't have a job, it's 90%. Wow. Go back to prison. So Fresh Start was born and exists inside that statistic, if that makes sense. The idea is to get them to increase their odds of getting work that's a gainful employment because when that happens, they go to job instead of jail. That's the whole. So it's an economic, if you understand, economic uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and these aren't tattoos. A lot of people get tattoos. A lot of people get tattoos that they wind up regretting. And there's a lot of things on social media about some of the funnier ones. But these are not comical tattoos. These are not a tattoo of a of someone who is now an ex that they regret. They're not a tattoo of a cartoon character on the nose or... Well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but a lot of them are pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they can. I, I have, being a physician, a lot of doctors we have like a gallows humor, so we think a lot of the tattoos are really. They can be grotesque and horrible, and also funny. Those aren't exclusive, but yeah, I know. Yeah, no, no, they're not. You're not your normal tattoos. They're prison tattoos and gang tattoos. tattoos gang like I'm going to kill your family. Yeah, like on your neck. Yeah, that's not going to help you get a job. So right, and that's what I was going to say. So imagine you're an employer, or or um, you know an eight. Uh, HR uh, person and you have somebody come into your office for an interview, you have two people come in and maybe both have excellent personalities and potential, but one of them has tattoos like this. On the yeah. The guy with the spider web on his face, the guy with the spider web on his face is going to have a harder time. Right. And like so a big spider web. Yeah. <laughs> have you well, ever seen that? Oh yeah, sure. We see crazy things. Okay. You have, um, I'll try to explain to you and your, your listeners. In um, there's three p- populations we work with. One is post-incarcerated. The other is post-gang members. Okay. Those two groups have a lot of overlap. They okay. can obviously both. Yeah. So that's one large population. The third population are, are people who survive human trafficking and they've been branded. They get barcode or the name of their pimp or cash money on their chest or whatever. So we help them as well. Those, those, those are our three populations. For the post-incarcerated and post-prison, uh, post-gang, people that is hands face and neck basically tattoos you would see if they're wearing a shirt like this right for job interviews it's not your back or chest things like that or legs or other areas you can't see for the um survivors of trafficking the tattoo could be anywhere in their body they're often sexual or sexually implied tattoos and those people um, have advocates first of all they don't come in by themselves and they, um, we remove their tattoos for their emotional recovery yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, that is just incredible. We'll touch on that. You had just mentioned to me you are now working with the Administration for Children's Services. Well, the, uh, we're having a, we're in early talks, and they're going to uh, we're now doing an agreement that I would be a provider right. for them. They started a new program this this year to um, remove tattoos from. They have. New York City ACS, Administration of Children's Services, has about 8,000 kids in foster care. 
around a thousand ballpark of those are um, in need of uh, tattoo removal, uh, and they're involved or were involved as uh, in children child trafficking, sex trafficking, sold as commodities, and we want to remove their tattoos as a small part, an important but small portion of their recovery, because now they're out of that and they need to get the tattoo off their body. What is the age range of those children? Uh, the ones I see are, when they say children, it's under 18, uh, 16, 17, but they could be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, depends, you know, um, human trafficking can be any age, even children, you know, young kids. How is that um, for you to handle? Is, it, is that difficult to see? You know, I mean, yeah. there's such a protective instinct, right? You just want to. Okay. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I got none of that. I'm helping them. None of that. <laughs> no. okay. It's like someone, ha- it's, like, it's, like a, it, it's like a kid who's got a splinter in his hand. I'm taking the splinter out. Okay. I'm helping them uh, get the splinter out of their hand. That's the feeling. That is uh, probably a, a good thing because um, if you get too emotionally in there, it can. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I did not cause or contribute to their situation. Like a trauma victim, when you have trauma victims who are shot in the chest or hit by a car, I didn't drive into them. Right. I'm in the ER trying to help them. So the mentation is different than you might think. You don't have a, a civilian feeling of uh, empathy or pity because you're not involved. Your job is to help them. All right. So tell us now how you got started. I know GQ called you, by the way, the badass doctor who, refused, who removes gang tattoos for free. That's kind of cool to be called a badass doctor by GQ. Right? I think you're just trying to sell magazines. I don't think I'm badass. I'm just... <laughs> I'm a Jewish Polish kid from New York. I'm not that badass. A Jewish Polish kid. Yeah, try and name five. Try and find. Try and name five famous Jewish boxers. You know, good luck. <laughs> well, if I knew anything about boxing, maybe I'd have a shot. But I, my boxing um, skills are low. Yes, and my boxing vocabulary knowledge is is even lower. So, well, I started it because I have a lot. I have tattoos myself. I'm I'm in tattoo culture. I work on the Lower East Side. A lot of my started. Uh, 2004 probably i'll give you a ballpark what is that 15 14 years ballpark uh a lot of my clients patients wanted were tattoo artists would want tattoos removed for their clients to create real estate to add a new tattoo that's called the cover-up business so let's say someone wants a tattoo in their chest arm wherever in their body but they have a a tattoo from high school they want removed to put a prettier nicer tattoo there that's called the cover-up business so uh, they kept asking me, asking me, asking me. So I eventually got one of those machines, a uh, laser to remove tattoos back in 2000. I'm going to guess 2005, around there. Right. And, and then as a side effect of that, over the next three years, friends of friends kept having friends of friends who had teardrops tattoos, okay. and they can't get work. Because the what been, does a teardrop typically symbolize? It's a memorial. It could be that someone they know died or they killed somebody. You don't know. And you can't ask. Okay. Anyway, when people have tattoos on their face uh, for any type, it it changes your employment uh, opportunities because straight civilian people don't distinguish between it's just a scary tattoo on your face. They don't care if how if it's a butterfly or a puppy. It's just you have a tattoo on your face. You know, it doesn't help. Yeah. So the So I started removing those tattoos for brothers, cousins, sisters who were formerly in gangs or formerly uh, incarcerated for no charge because it took me literally five seconds of treatment. The tattoo machine is very fast. I think I had the machine anyway sitting there. Yeah. So it cost me just electricity 
to help them. So I did that for three or five years. And then uh, I probably treated, I'm going to guess 200 people to give you a rough idea um, for free, but they're little tattoos. You have like little words or marks. It's not like a, a giant back piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's a face tattoo. A lot of them are, most are small. Um, then the machine died after five years, which it tends to do outside its warranty. Couldn't got, could not afford to buy a new one. And that's when I got the idea to get other tattoo laser, uh, locations to join with me to do the service nationally. So now you have a network of providers. Yes. Like 15 providers around the country and Canada and Europe who agree to treat people. So I have right now I have 3,400 people waiting wow. to get tattoos removed wow. around the United States and um, not enough providers to do them, to help them all. And um, I, I, I'm trying to get a, a machine in my office because I can do a lot of them because of my situation. I can, I'm in New York City and I have, I have a lot of clients, a lot of New York clients. So I'm, I'm working now, as I told you off the air, with a city council person to right. get funding from the city because it saves them tons. Every guy who doesn't go to jail. It's a huge money saver. 60 grand. Yeah. So 10 people go to job instead of jail. They save 600 grand. That's a year. Yeah. And there'll be way more than 10. Yep. There'll be hundreds. So if, to explain more clearly to everybody, the we're helping a, a subset of a subset of a subset, if this makes sense. Right. A person has been formally incarcerated. A person has been out of that jail for five, six, seven years in some cases. And now they have a totally new life and they've done job training and they're interviewing for jobs. That person needs a tattoo off their face. Right. It doesn't, if you get a jail yesterday and you want to kill everyone in your neighborhood, taking that tattoo off your face is going to make a difference. Right. You're out of your mind. It's not going to help you. So it's not like magic. It really helps a very narrow subset of people who are years out. They can be 10 years out of family and kids now, but they got uh, tattooed on their hand and neck of their old gang thing when they were teenagers. And that's the person that we help the most. Yeah, that is an important difference to note that it's not a magic wand getting a tattoo off. You're still yeah, you're not a better person, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, that's something that we talk about too. Sometimes just having the opportunity for those people who are invested in their futures and don't want to go back to jail. Yes, exactly. Have that opportunity that would not be provided to them or allowed to them because of that tattoo can actually be instrumental in helping them turn their lives around. Oh, it's life saving. Yeah, and save taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars yeah of of dollars and you said life-saving too and that's a it's it's hard for somebody who's not in that world to comprehend that you know so we'll throw you know people throw around terms like oh i saved my life but this is the very literal sense somebody could walk down the street with the wrong tattoo visible and they get they get get beat up and yeah and they're in the hospital or or they're killed uh, just well you also could save their life in a longer term sense because if they don't get that ta- they stay unemployed for 40 years and have a miserable life right with a job and opportunities and uh income and they can help their family and their kids their life is better for 40 years right so it saves their life in that sense not just in terms of their heart stopping yeah it's yeah. less shitty life and it's a ripple effect too. So you have the, you know, the metaphorical and, and the literal term, but uh, it, it is all important and all strong. Cause I think a lot of people listening can relate to 
being so willing and even able to to do something that they're passionate about, but just not having that opportunity. You know, there's one little setback that's in their way. And this would be an example of such a thing. And the difference it can make when you get that job that you've been dying to get, that you need to make a difference. You know, the first time you can pay your rent without asking for help. And you can have, you can have, you can buy food. Yeah. You can put food on the table. Yeah. And you can eat yeah. <laughs> and not have to do, not have to do crime to make money. Right. So that's one that, you know, there are less victims. It's just, it's the, it may seem like a small thing because people could say, what the, I mean, what the hell do I want to pay to get? Or it's a very, very, very small. It's a very, very small, very, very big thing. But you have to look at the big picture. Yes. And so this is what I'm trying to convey. Like if somebody uh, may be uh, thinking this is a waste of time, why would you help those people? Well, for those people who need to see what's in it for me, that's what's in it for you. You're saving money and you're maybe saving yourself from becoming a victim of crime in that area where somebody is now not going to commit that crime because they don't need to. Or- well, in, in towns like where you are in the Hudson River or small towns around America, yeah. there is such a thing as drug problem yes. with opiates and fentanyl and drug you, dealing. We have one of the biggest problems out in, in well, the country. Right you're, not, you're not alone. Yeah. And that is uh, managed by drug cartel and drug se- dealers and drug sellers. They have a, and that involves prison and gangs. It's part of that culture. So there aren't really any towns in America who are not affected by this. It's not like, you know, 1% of the population in a corner somewhere. It's every town everywhere. And people age out of the gang and age out of prison. Yeah. Naturally. And those are the people we help, the ones that have aged out. And uh, it saves lots of money for everybody. So that is another, that's another thing that I hadn't even thought of that ripple effect reaching that far. So if there's somebody, you know, a lot of people sit around and get angry. They get angry at the opioid crisis. They get angry at crime. They say, well, I can't do anything about it. This right here is an opportunity for people to do. Everyone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone, right? So people are listening and know of somebody who is a provider who would be able to offer this service or network with you and wanted to get in touch with you at Fresh Start, you could help them uh, work. Yeah, we're always looking for providers. Our plan, and I've done this for years now, and I think I'm going to have to modify things a little bit. I'm thinking of, uh, I have a GoFundMe and all the normal things. You know, I have a Facebook website, et cetera, et cetera. um, I'm thinking this year to change the model a little bit to try and offer the laser providers a $100 gift, or what we call an honorarium, to treat somebody with a gang tattoo. And I think, because free is a problem for the laser providers. It's just statistically less likely. Okay. Because if they have a business like on Park Avenue or some fancy place, a dermatology office, and they don't want, you know, gang kids hanging around their waiting room. Sure. They have to close for an afternoon to do treat fresh start clients or whatever. It's, if they do one or two treatments per week, it really isn't enough. Now we have, I, I have 3,400 people waiting. That's just me. I'm sure there's like a half, not a half million. I bet you there's a, in the order of uh, many tens of thousands of people in the country who could use this uh, to give a ballpark number. Right. And I think if I offered $100 to the laser provider as kind of a thank you for helping Joe Smith, whoever, right. I think we'll get a much more high, much, many more laser places would help. That's Which is, I, I think it's, I think it's just, I like to try that for a year as kind of an experiment. Yeah, it's a valid point. So if through your nonprofit, you were able to write a check 
to uh, you know, Dr. Joe over here did ten of these procedures. He gets a thousand dollars, yeah. And your your nonprofit would write him a check for a thousand dollars, right? So I'm gonna I'm, th- I'm thinking this year of doing fundraising for that purpose, like you know, like adopt a highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of adopt a tattoo. Adopt a tattoo. Yeah, that would be. You know, I think it's a matter of getting the word out and the information and people. You know, it is hard to compete. You're in a very competitive area online. People scroll through their attention's gone and gone and gone. So it is a very difficult thing to no, I don't, people's interest for no I don't, no I don't mind that I'm just my my the question we need to answer is that if we offer a hundred dollars right say we have 10 let's say we do that for how many more laser places and how many kids would get treated if we offered them a hundred bucks per treatment if that's 10 times more effective then it's probably worth doing yeah yeah exactly and so we just need to help you get that word out so that people can can feel confident. Well, I don't have the hundred dollars yet. I'm gonna have to, I have to earn the money first. I'm just, I'm just, I'm speaking. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm thinking that's yeah. what we need to do is change the model a little bit. Instead of asking private laser doctors around the country to see these kids for free, because you have to get seen six or seven times for a tattoo. It's not one treatment. Right. I have a great thing to tell you. This is really interesting. Anybody out there who has a tattoo of a gang or a pimp on their body, yeah. another trick that's really cheap: go to a tattoo artist. And have them um, uh, add one or two lines of ink, thin black lines. Okay. So the word F-U-C-K is now two boxes in a circle. You follow okay. me? Yeah. You can... Um, you can disguise it. Yeah, yeah. It's not a cover-up. I'm not saying put a big right. black blotch over it. Right. Just three or five lines will change you know, uh, the gang symbol to not meaning anything. So it's an instant way to get rid of the name of your pimp or your barcode or your gang symbol. So it no longer means that. So that's really good moving around the city. You won't have that gang thing on you. It will be four dots instead of three. It won't say that word anymore. One dot can make a difference. Oh, yeah. They have symbols or symbology. Like a triangle could be made into a square. Yeah. A circle can put, you know, you can put a, 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 a box around a circle. It doesn't mean a circle anymore. Do you follow me? Yeah, yeah. So it's just so I'm not saying co- I'm not saying cover up. I'm saying take the power away and get. Rid- That's a really good thing people do, and I even do that to a lot of my clients before I remove their tattoo if it's on their face because it might take a year for it to fade. Okay. And during that year, we'll still say you know Jimmy or Cash Money. Right. But if we change it into like meaningless symbols, and then remove it during the whole year, it no- doesn't say that anymore. It's really a, a good trick. Yeah, that is. And it's a good uh, transition process. It buys them the time instantly instead of having having to wait. So that's another, it's a creative out, like no creative method to solve that problem right on the spot while you're waiting to do it. So when you have people come in to, to you for this process, do they, are they, chat, is it like a barber's office where people, some people chat and some people don't, you know, do you have people come in and tell you their whole story or are they generally kind of like, Quiet? Are they suspicious of you? Um, are they grateful? What is the... Or- All those things are true. I think mostly, I'll say that my clients over the years that have been former gang members have been the most polite, thoughtful, appreciative, and on time and cooperative patients I've had. <laughs> on time is a good one. <laughs> no, they're fantastic. They're, 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 way better than pay, they're way better than paying customers. Really? Oh yeah, way, way better. They don't have a sense of entitlement. They're grateful. They're thankful. They're happy you're helping them. Um, they don't get that it's free. They get they think there's a trick. They think they're being deceived initially. Like yeah. what's the, what's the gimmick? What do you mean free? Right. 
what's what's in it for you so that takes a little bit to get over but once they know me they tell their friends and it uh spreads fast do you ever hear back from anybody that you've treated yeah i get uh i, I we're trying to set up a system in fact to do follow-up because it t- turns out to get money from uh charities and such. Ask, yeah. you need to develop what are called um return uh, what's the word they have a word for it uh metrics where you can show we treated 100 people and 28 got jobs or whatever. Right. And so, but it's hard to follow them because they have burner phones and they, they don't they don't want to be followed. Right. But um, I've had eight or ten anecdotal stories of people doing well. Are there any that pop out? Well, one guy worked at a car company and was washing cars for seven years, and they offered him a, to make him a manager, but he had ink but he had ink on his face, so he couldn't work in the showroom, and it was a, a, I think, a five or six month course for free from a major auto company. Yeah. So he contacted me. We, we, we started lasering the tattoo on his face. He got accepted. And during his training, we took the rest of the tattoo off. And now he's a manager in a car company that could quadruple the salary. That's awesome. I mean, now, he wears, now he wears a suit and tie and goes to work selling fancy cars. Nice. So, and people would never suspect that the person who is selling this car is maybe a former gang member or whatever, you know, the, Oh, everyone around you is a former, not a former gang member, but a former sex, sex, sex slave, a former prostitute, a former uh, heroin user or, and you know, most heroin users are, are, are functional. They're uh, nine out of 10 of your friends are alcohol, heroin users Mm -hmm. to some degree. You would never know. Forget about private sex practices. That's a whole other book. But people in your community are all kinds of things you don't know about. Yeah. Just because we don't have it tattooed, you know. On your face, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, does that give you any sense of accomplishment? Or, I mean, do you you feel good about it at the end of the day? Or is it just another day at work for you? You're just doing it, looking to save the bottom, you know, economic. Economic. No, I, my selfish angle is it's really fun. I mean, <laughs> it's right. fun. It's fun to do something. I, I like the, uh, from a selfish egoistic point of view, it's fun to create a project that no one's doing that yeah. should be done. There's homeboy industries is in LA. They do the same thing. There's two or three places in the country that kind of do the same thing, but not exclusively tattoo removal. So I like to disrupt and make, you know, show, I mean, it's obvious that every state in the nation should have five such centers serving post-incarcerated people right. and post-gang members. It should be a federal program that does this for free for anybody who wants it, who was formerly incarcerated. And it's ridiculous that this federal government doesn't do this. It would yeah. save them. It would save hundreds of millions of dollars, I not lose it. They would make money doing this and they don't do it. So that's ridiculous. So my thing embarrasses them, which I kind of like that aspect. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, starting to get that about you. The chance to be annoying is really <laughs> very, annoying. is very attractive to me. Oh, well, yeah. you know what, whatever works for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think I saw on your website, an article <clears throat> linking to at least one prison that's offering that in house in prison prior to their release. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I mean, obviously that's, that's great, different. but the problem is, no, it's great. But the problem is the, the fruit's not ripe. It's the wrong time. I mean, what your viewers may not know, we didn't mention this, that a lot of people in prisons, a state prison, have to get tattoos to survive prison. Right. You have to join a gang or die. So they have to get tattooed. It's not optional. 
It's not for fun. Okay. You have to be in a gang, you have to get tattooed. When they get out, I imagine if the person's in their proper mindset, when they, the day they're leaving prison, they get their tattoo removed. But if it takes a year, eight months to remove a tattoo because there's multiple treatments. Yeah. If you take your gang tattoo off while you're in prison, I don't think the other prisoners will take kindly to that. They might be offended or insulted and they would stab you or kill you. Super. So, so that's a problem. So I think what the prison should do, having no involvement with prisons and no participation in that, is five miles away or in the town, whatever, right. set up a laser tattoo removal there so they can treat prisoners that were formerly incarcerated okay. after they're out and away from prison. While they're in prison, I think you're going to have problems. Although I'm not, you know, I, I only know about prison what I've seen on television shows. And, and, what, I hear, and what I hear from my, my, yeah, my, my patients. I'm not, yeah, but I, I just think it would... can though. You hear it. I, and yeah. I, want to say, I think sometimes people like you are in the best position to provide that on-point insight because you're not constrained by bureaucracy and politics and all that. You're hearing straight from the people who are impacted, straight from the people the service provides. Yeah, and I, and I, there's no middle ground in between. You're getting the, the there's no there's no one in between. But I, I'm also asking questions from them to to improve the service, right? To get a better understanding of who needs their tattoos removed, why they need them removed, when they need them removed, and I need to understand what they're thinking, what's in their mind, because society in, writ large has this weird view of people with tattoos on their face. So I can't talk to them because they're clueless and wrong. And that's all about mythology and, and bad television and bad rumors and, and falsehoods and racism. So that viewpoint's not going to help me. I need the viewpoint on the other side of the fence, from inside the mind, behind the eyes of the incarcerated. What would getting this tattoo of this, your face mean to you Yeah, from your point of view? And I listen to that. And that's why I think... The way to do this would be not actually in a prison, but next door to a prison. Yeah. The, the idea is great, but just put it in the town and treat people who've been out for three or five years. Yep. And, and if, a guy, if a guy gets out of jail, go ahead, treat him that day. I don't care. But I don't think in prison is a good idea. In prison is not a good idea. And that's, that's what I'm saying is people like you that have that insight. So but that's what I just said. I said, oh, I see some article. We're in prison. Oh, isn't that great? And you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Here's the real story. So I, I, I'm, I'm just... I, 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 I'm not sure. That's just a hunch I have. I think, uh, but see, also you're doing it in prison, then you're probably not treating the ones who got out, who graduated the last five, six, seven years. They're not going to come back into prison yeah. to get their tattoo removed, I don't think. Unless the prison's set up to invite people in to get it done. Who are formerly incarcerated, right. who've been released, who are out, been out two years. That could be nice. But I, I don't know what the logistics of that is, you know, getting people back in prison to. I don't know. I don't know either. So if there is someone, if somebody listening now is like, oh man, I really need this help. I need, you know, I have this tattoo. I need to, to get gone. How can they apply for that? Uh, fresh start tattoo removal.com. Uh, you can, I, you have a website that you post stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why Twitter. I'm you say it. Yep. Yeah. You put it on Twitter and you know, it's a, you can look at me. I'm Dr. Dave. I'm old, I'm very Googleable. This program is called Fresh Start Tattoo Removal Program, I guess. But Fresh Start Tattoo Removal in New York, you'll find me. Okay. Uh, we have like we have a lot, so many people waiting. I'm doing it by lottery now. I need to get my laser. I need to get a hundred. The oh, Quanta Laser. Shout out! You got to put this on your Twitter. Okay. The company called Quanta Lasers. 
Quanta laser. They make lasers. Mm-hmm. They gave us $90,000. What? To put towards getting... Wow. Yes. That's so you wow. have to shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Those evil corporations, bad corporations. Yeah, okay, fine. $90,000 matching fund to buy this laser we want to get. And the laser can remove all colors, black, red, green, and blue. It's basically two lasers in one. It costs $180,000. Wow. Okay. And you need 40000 on top of that for what's called a service contract. So we're, they gave us ninety credit, okay. which is spectacular. So we need to raise $130,000 okay. to get that machine. And I could probably help five, 10 people a day. I could crank it out. Right. And so we really need to get that machine for the office. I have a room, I have an MD license, I have a location. I have 3,000 plus people waiting. The missing ingredient is this machine. I don't have $130,000, oddly enough, <laughs> um, sitting around. But people do. Well, we, so people do. There are people who no. could or I can get ten people to give me get ten people to give us fifteen thousand yeah. people of really wealth who have fifty, sixty, eighty million dollar net worth. Yep. To donate fifteen thousand dollars, which is couch money, yes, couch change, and it won't hurt them uh, financially. And also, we're we're a five hundred one c three, so it's an official federal deduction. Right. So uh, that's what we need is the 130, so it's 90 for the machine, 40 for the service contract. So we need 130,000, but I want to shout out, thank you to Quanta Aesthetic Laser Corporation. And um, uh, Mr. Bergman there is our contact. And um, really, really, that's really not wonderful. They see, they, they see the, the, the nature of this project yeah. and how important it is. They want to help. They weren't being, they didn't ask for any, thing no in return. PR, yeah. No PR, nothing. In fact, I go, listen, let's do a commercial. Let's brag. Let's, he goes, no, no, we don't want that. We don't want to come off that way. We're really trying to help. Oh, but that's we need, great. That's so great. that's a great, I also don't want to lose the matching fund. Yes. So how, that's like, what I was going to ask. Is there a time limit? I don't know. It's been like a year already. How long can it last? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I asked. I don't, so. I, I should ask that too. But <laughs> about a month ago, I got the letter from them to, 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 that gave the, uh, the purchase order for the machine with the promise of the gift. Okay. And I gave that to the uh, administration for children's services because we're going to work together. So they're going to try to get this money for the project. We got the city council in Queens trying to help us. Thank you to him and his office to help us get the money. Although that takes a year to get it from the city and they don't give you money. They reimburse you. So we have to buy them. So if if you get money from the city council, you have to buy the machine for 130,000. Then they give you back. Hmm. 130,000. So that's a bit of an obstacle as well. I, I think it's better for like 10 rich people to give us 15,000 each. Yeah. I mean, people right. who are so rich that it won't hurt them. I don't mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I've gotten hundreds of gifts from people for this that are $20 and $10. It's so sweet. But so I, have, I have like $8,000 I've gotten from people who send me $11. That's $24. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, we need 130. So, but the the generosity of those people, can you imagine? And they're not wealthy. Right. So I find that that's amazing. If the people who had the funds were proportionately generous as those people. Or everyone who got it, everyone who got a jail the last year could just send me $10. There you go. (laughs) Then that would do it. Yeah. That would be another way. That would would be like a million (laughs) dollars. Everyone who got a jail sent me $5 who got a jail this year would be enough to buy the laser. All right. Well, everybody listening who just got out of jail, hit them up with five bucks. 
and uh, help yourself, help your family member, help your friend who needs it. And those people in particular, I know, uh, I feel would have the great. Yeah, we're we're on a GoFundMe. It's a fresh start project on GoFundMe. GoFundMe. Um, okay. It's very kind of you to interview me. No, we love it. I love um, sharing things like this. I think it's so important. I think this is what keeps the wheel turning. You know, everybody's got to do their part. I don't know how to remove tattoos. I never would have thought of it, but we can share your story and help get the word out. And it's really good of you. I also think that if we had the laser, um, when I get the laser, I have people waiting to do stories like this. Perfect. Like a national television, but yeah. they want me to have the laser so they oh, can watch me nice do it. Yeah, yeah. Just, hey, set it all up for us and then we'll come in. And- no, but without the laser, they don't want to do the story. So it's a chicken and the egg. If I got the laser, I think we'll get a lot more. The word would get out. Yeah. If I was actually doing this every day. Right. And we photographed kids and they told their story on camera. Oh, yeah. Forget it. It's very compelling. And then I think a lot of people would hear about it. And even uh, I've had a lot of patients had no idea the tattoo could be removed. Yeah. They didn't even know that it was possible. Wow. And that's a that makes that makes you cry. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't know you could remove this. You thought you're stuck with this your whole life. This big X on your forehead. No, we can get rid of that. Uh, they, 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 they didn't even know it was technically possible. Is that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and uh, and for doing the work you do. We're excited to share it. We hope we can get you some more support and, and get people really talking about this more and doing their part to step up and help. I thank you for the opportunity and I thank you very much. All right, everyone. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for being here today. would also personally like to thank Dr. Dave Orez as well for taking the time to be on our show. If you want to learn more about Dr. Dave, uh, feel free to visit his website at freshstarttattooremoval.org. Also check out the full featured article we did on Dr. Dave uh, at americansnippets.com forward slash zero five five. As always, let us know what you thought about this podcast. Leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Spotify as well. So check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. Appreciate you being here today. And remember, don't just be inspired by our guests. Let their let their stories propel you into action in your own life. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. 